Hey now, boys and girls, there we are, finally, in the house, what it is, what it was, what it shall be here on the Pucknologist. Oh, it feels like we've been waiting a long time to get into this. Welcome to Show 105, everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Remember to subscribe, if you would, on the YouTube iTunes, follow us on social media, you know all the places, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Reddit, of course. If you miss anything, don't forget, you can always find it on your favorite podcast platform at tealtownusa.com, and everything, as you know, is on YouTube, so hit the subscribe button. All righty, now that that's all out of the way, joining me tonight is Rocket Beckett. Hello, everyone. My name is Rocket Backhander, and I have just recently discovered how to use electronics correctly. And Hockey Jerk. Hello, everybody. It is August 2nd, and we're recording a podcast. Makes you wonder what timeline this is. I'm not sure, but uh, as they say uh, on TikTok, it is hot podcaster summer, so here we are. (laughs) I thought TikTok was banned. I guess not. Okay. So... Uh, we're into day two of qualifying rounds, or hockey being back, if you will. Thank you, God. Say round zero, coward. <laughs> you right. All right, uh, round zero so far. Nine games. Hold on, two, four, six, eight. Uh, not yeah, nine. Well, nine and a half as as we're recording. Minnesota and Vancouver going for it right now. So. Let's start with our very first game, Carolina, New York, three to two for Carolina. That was uh, we'll we'll get into those in a sec, but uh, just I want to get first off just overall takes on having hockey back. So Rocket, good or uh, bad? Part of it's wonderful. Um, everybody so far it seems is committed to staying in the bubble, following the guidelines, trying to be as safe as possible, which is um, a uh, a long sight more than I can say for other leagues. So I commend them at least for, you know, just tr- just trying to be as safe as possible. And I think they're doing a great job so far. I'm so happy to have hockey back. It feels like a part of my soul has has um, been rehydrated. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm not going to get into rejuvenation. Jerk, let's go. What do you got? Yeah, you know, same, same, same thing as Rocket. You know, the big thing was going to be, okay, like, can they get everybody to, you know, stick to the bubble, adhere to the rules, regulations, and that whole thing? Because if one person just screws around, as we've seen in the NBA, if one person screws around, it can throw everything off, you know. And um, I, I don't know about you, um, a gentleman's club is not my first choice for chicken wings, but everybody's got their thing. Um, yeah. But you know what? The week of uh, from the twenty. Or excuse me, from the 19th to the 25th, 4,300 tests, zero positives. And uh, from what I've heard from the 26th to today, uh, there's been, um, Jesus, maybe around the same number, maybe a little bit more as that previous week, zero positives as well. So good to see everybody's sticking with it, doing what they're supposed to do. And, you know, we shouldn't be surprised. I mean, hockey players are generally dialed into that kind of thing. Um, So I'm, I'm happy it's back. Like Rocket said, I feel like a big part of my life is is now back you know um like it 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 feels nice to have something to think about and be excited for you know come home from work or wherever and throw on whatever hockey game so it's nice it's a nice distraction i don't know what you're talking about dude if you go on yelp spearmint rhino has like five stars for their tuesday lunch crowd (laughs) 
I'm just saying. What is it? Is it? Is it? uh, Yeah. Is it? It's what? uh, Titties and turkey legs Tuesday or what? uh, See, that's all it is. Titties and tacos Tuesday. That's all you got. Turkey and turkey. uh, (laughs) There's another T word I was going to throw in there, but this is a children's show. (laughs) <laughs> I know words. I have the best words. All right. So, uh, <laughs> Hurricanes and Rangers, as we said, Hurricanes 3, New York 2. Dude, where's your power play, Rangers? Where is it? <laughs> 0 for 7. You suck. New York giving up way too many. Not enough shots on goal. Just that was meh. Uh, Chicago 6, Edmonton 4. Yikes. Actually, this was kind of fun because, I mean, Hello, you got 10 goals going on here. Um, it was one nothing inside of 2.30. <laughs> 10 minutes later, they're down 4-1. Kubalik, three assists, two goals, has something to say about coming in third for that Calder. <laughs> Mike Smith was not great, but the Oilers also gave up 42 shots on goal. Six power plays. Are you kidding me with this? Uh, yeah, you're, you're probably not going to win too many games when the only way you can score is when you have an extra forward on the ice. I'm just looking at you, Edmonton. However, uh, Kajula would get a one-game suspension for an illegal check to the head of Tyler Ennis. Uh, thoughts on those first two games, Jerk? Yeah, no, like you said, I mean, if the Rangers had just scored on one of their eight power plays, that game probably goes into overtime, and who knows what can happen, right? I know. And, and, and you know, AJ and I are obviously both pulling for the Rangers here, so that was kind of disheartening to see, and obviously, you know, Rocket is very familiar with hurricanes, both the team and the global disaster. So, you know, I'm I'm sure, you know, obviously she'll have some opinions on the game as well. And then, I mean, I was definitely surprised that um, Edmonton lost by that score. I'm not so surprised that Edmonton lost. I mean, you can check the receipts. I've I've been cautiously high on the Blackhawks for a while now. I think that personnel they have is is a. underrated if you will and and you know i like you said aj you know dominic kubalik uh clearly wanted them to bust the ballots back out for the rookie of the year trophy Uh, (laughs) you right and and i was like i was really like thinking about that like it's just crazy to me like i don't know the last time that a player who spent most of their career in the czech league and the swiss league came to the nhl and ripped it up like you just you don't see that you know like it is just crazy to me so i think you know, Chicago, if they can get the right things cooking, I mean, oh, geez, I hate to say it, but Edmonton might be leaving the bubble here in the next, what, five days? <laughs> Dude, that's what I'm saying. I was watching that Edmonton game going, and the number one draft pick just walked into the chat. Could you imagine? You you up? <laughs> <laughs> you ain't wrong. Uh, after that, Panthers and Islanders. Isles take that one 2-1. This is probably the most boring series, as we predicted so far after one game. Uh, the stat line looked like a game from December, to be quite honest. <laughs> However, Mike Matheson might have gotten away with a little shot on Johnny Boychuk, but uh, it is what it is. Habs versus Pens, the only game so far to go to overtime. Uh, Montreal takes that one 3-2 over Pittsburgh. They get the first two goals, and Montreal's just like, hey, this could go the distance. Six minutes later, the pen's tight, and I'm like, yeah, this is going to be over in three. Lo and behold, Montreal pulls it out in overtime. Carey Price doing Carey Price things with a 951 save percentage. Marlowe going dash one, two hits, 11 minutes of ice time. So out of those two games, Rocket, uh, was there anything that kind of floated your boat, popped your tart? No, not necessarily, but I do have something to say about that Carolina-New York Rangers game in that the Rangers defense looked absolutely miserable 
uh, I don't, I, it's, you can't be defending your end with your three forwards standing completely still and then completely ignoring everyone on the right side of the ice. That was a huge mistake that I watched them make several times. And uh, yeah, it cost them. And um, Ian Reid said something pretty much that I was, I was thinking as well is that um, if Lundqvist hadn't had such a fantastic game, that score would have been a lot more of a, dis- a disparage between the two. Uh, I, I'm happy that Montreal took one out because it, it just kind of like makes you raise your eyebrows a little bit. And this is a round zero game at best out of five. So everybody who's losing is like, yeah, this is garbage. It's garbage. It's a throwaway game. It means nothing. So I'm just going to, well, at least Bruins fans are saying that. So I'm just going to say it's, it's garbage. It means nothing for the Pittsburgh loss. And I'm sure they'll come back and just spank the pants off everybody. Was it Shostikin was deemed unfit for that? Shostarkin. Shostarkin. I like Shostikin better. Shostakovich. Yes. We, 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 we pronounce the names correctly here on the podcast. Shostokovich. <laughs> I don't know. But he was deemed Sir. unfit, right? Yeah, he was unfit to play, but uh, he was in the crowd watching the game, so it's not a coronavirus-related thing. Yeah. That we know of just yet. No, we move on. Hey. Uh, finally, uh, one that, uh, th- I don't think went the way we all thought it might, uh, Calgary four, Winnipeg one, uh, Winnie opens the scoring in the first and then that was it. <laughs> Jets only got off 18 shots on goal. Flames score two special team goals in the second. Uh, they actually, <laughs> then they had two power plays overall, a shorty. Of course, the story from this one, though, was injuries. There was a hit by Kachuk on Shifley less than six minutes into the game. In the third, line A left with an upper body. Was the Kachuk hit dirty jerk? Uh, no, I don't think it was dirty. I think it was just a freak accident. You know, I mean, you're it, it's playoff hockey. Like Rocket said, this is round zero. You know what I mean? You're bat. You're literally battling to get to the battle. You you're know, trying to and say Paul so- Maurice was whining. No, but no, I don't think he was whining. I mean, I, I think that is the response you have. I mean, Mark Shifley is their best player, you know, who who's not going to be pissed that he's hurt. But I think it was just, you know, a freak accident. You're trying to, you know, rub out a guy on the wall, you know, get the puck, get position, and just a weird way that it all went down. I, you know, Kachuk has been on, you know, on the giving and receiving end of, of, from, of, of some sus plays in the past, but I don't think this is one of them. Um... But you know what? The, just watching this game, it was, it just seemed like you know credit to you know Johnny Gaudreau scored a goal in the playoffs. You know, and I promptly <laughs> marked my calendar. But you know, they're like they Calgary showed up. They took care of business. They were frustrating to play against. I mean, it was, I it was very much from Winnipeg's perspective. It was very much a square peg round hole kind of situation. Like they would, you know, they would bust their hump to get the puck out of their zone and then they were too tired to do anything aside from dump it dump it in and get a line change and then calgary's right there back in the offensive zone so mm. tough tough but I, I i still have winnipeg coming out of that series just because calgary is not allowed to win in the playoffs all right um i mean rocket i've watched an awful lot of playoffs um in my life um <clears throat> have you ever seen this johnny gaudreau kid play in the playoffs no i have no idea who he is is he a call up from the AHL? Yeah, I, I, Johan Goudreau. I've never heard of him. <laughs> ah, there you go. That's a good one. Hold on, Marty I, T. Marty T. Lighten us up. I got to make a choice between Teal Town and Canucks Wild. Damn you. <laughs> we can do well, both. Listen to us. Watch the game. It's all right. 
What yeah. what's more what's more astounding, you guys? The fact that Johnny Gaudreau's goal uh, in Game One last night was his first playoff goal in five years, or the fact that Calgary's only made the playoffs four times in the last six years, despite the talent they have. <laughs> Just saying. And it should also be said, 2015 was a sweep out of the second round. 2017 uh, was a sweep out of the first round. 2019 was a five-game dump. So <laughs> A shellacking, if you will. Yeah, I'm just saying, like, that team has a lot of talent, and they've, you know, been the proverbial can't-get-it-done team, so... <laughs> I, would, I would recommend to Calgary that just when it comes to March 31st, they don't flip over the calendar. Just have it keep saying March. They might yeah. they might be all right. Wait, what are you talking about? We've been in March for the last four months. <laughs> maybe that's how Calgary maybe that's why, won. I was gonna say, maybe that's how they're doing so well. <laughs> all right. Yeah, next up, uh, Nashville over – or I'm sorry, Arizona over Nashville. Oh, man, Jerk almost got pressed. Uh, so <laughs> Hey, no, say it. Say my yokes. I'm getting there. <laughs> Soon to be our yokes if they get out of round zero. <laughs> <laughs> so Arizona four, Nashville three. Both teams give up a ton of shots on goal. 80 combined. However, they both go 50-50 in the dot. Yotes open with three straight. Uh, the Preds pressed but could not get back. Uh, and here you go. Uh, here, here's Jerk's take on his Yotes. <laughs> well, I think the big thing was, you know, whether whether Nashville started Pecorine or UC Saros, they wanted to, the Yotes, they wanted to get on the goalie early. Who's you know, Yotes? Like, my Yotes. Um, <laughs> you know, the Arizona, despite the skill players they have on that team, you know, they're not going to razzle-dazzle you with their offense. It's very much a defensive trap-it-up kind of game. And so you're probably, on, on an average night, and I use average loosely, you're probably getting maybe two goals. So you want to get it, get those goals as quick as you can and then just trap it up from Arizona's perspective. But, you know, they, they had three in the first period, you know, Clayton Keller got a goal. Um, OEL Ekman Larson got a goal. Christian Dvorak from, I believe from Phil Kessel, you know, so they got three goals in the first, which is awesome. But equally as awesome is the big guns for Arizona came to play. I mean, Phil Kessel was point per game last year and Taylor Hall won the Hart Trophy two years ago like these are really good players and they need to take over this series if Arizona wants a, a snowball's chance in hell to win this thing um, I think having a having one of the best goalie tandems in the league certainly helps them as well but I you know I, I think they did a good job at stifling Nashville for most of the game I mean really you said AJ it was pretty even in terms of the shots and the faceoff percentage but Nashville didn't really start coming alive until the third period. So I think, I mean, if Arizona can play two-thirds of a good game, chances are they're going to win. Well, not only that, the, the like I said, dude, 80 shots on goal combined. I mean, it just yeah. comes down to like, okay, yeah, this is going to be a race or a track meet. We're just going to go, and it's whoever can keep the puck out of the net the most, I guess, at this point. <laughs> sure, why not? I think it's an interesting choice to go with Saros instead of Rene and I, I said this on on Twitter I said it was either uh they they saw what happened to Mike Smith and they they were like okay so when when our goalie when Pekka doesn't have a good night he's really off so so let's just put UC in there and not even worry about that and then he won't have to turn into Mike Smith but then UC didn't have a good night or it was like they figured that they could beat Arizona without even having to use their you know starting goalie 
kind of a flex on them. And that backfired. And as good as Pecorine has been the last five years, his playoff stats have been the complete opposite. Like he, like, I almost wonder if he should be playing for Calgary just because he can't get it done in the playoffs. Oh God. Just saying, you know, I mean, misery loves company, right? Oh, jeez. <laughs> we got their numbers. Uh, <laughs> so, Philly and Boston. All right, Philly Oops. four. <laughs> Philly four. Boston one. I, this is the one upset. I mean, on paper, this is an upset. Didn't Boston finish like number one in the East? Yeah, but Philadelphia was really hot before the pause. So yeah, it, pro- I mean, I I think if you're throwing a, if you're throwing a little cheddar cheese down on this game, Philly is probably the underdog. But I don't think it was by much, honestly. Well, the interesting thing about this too, I mean, first off, it's a round robin game, so not the biggest of deals. However, going into all the games that have been played before, and this was the only game so far to not feature a special team goal whether a shorty or a power play, which I thought was kind of interesting. Uh, Colorado and St. Louis. Colorado 2, St. Louis 1. That finished up, uh, if you're listening to us live, that finished up just a short while ago. Another round-robin game. Landeskog boarded Samford, got 2, but the announcer said it should have been 5. Yikes. Uh, For me, the Avs drove play early in this, but the Blues were able to uh, come back, but the Avs somehow win it. With point one second, who was that? Kadri, I think it was. Yeah, Na- yeah. Kadri. Yeah. Oh boy, man, they and boy did they look at that and look at that. How are we in twenty twenty? I put it on Twitter. How are we in twenty twenty and not have Exmo cameras? Like, there's there was a camera that was used in like the twenty fourteen or the twenty twelve. I can't remember uh, which one it was, but those playoffs in baseball where you could Ugh. see the ball. Go off. A, he's swinging the bat. You can see the ball hit Hunter Pence's bat three times in the same swing. Yet we can't figure out if there's a sliver of ice between the puck and the red line. <laughs> Come on, man. NHL doesn't have that kind of budget. Oh, jeez. That pisses me off. All right. Uh, and then uh, Columbus uh, shocking the world <laughs> with a 2 1 victory over Toronto. Uh, I got to be honest. I'm not sure what series is mo- has bored me more after one game. If it's Islanders, Florida, or Columbus, Maple Leafs. You know what though? That game was very on brand for the Blue Jackets. I mean, same same thing as Arizona. Columbus isn't going to razzle dazzle you with the offense. They're gonna they're gonna trap it up. They're gonna grind you down. And it's th- this series. I think if you're if you're interested in the, in in the uh, in the chess match form of a game. I think this is perf- the perfect series to watch because you've got, you know, the Toronto Leafs, which is high flying, high octane, high offense, bang, 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 let's go. And you've got the Blue Jackets where they're just going to they're going to wear you down. I mean, it's like wearing a 50 pound backpack while you're walking uphill playing yeah. against them. So it's you know, it's the perver- it's it's a chess match. And, you know, I I don't think Toronto played a bad game. I just think Columbus played their game. You know what I mean? So uh, that, you know, I, I wouldn't say it was bored by it. It was very it wasn't know. exciting. It was it was it was very intriguing, interesting. I don't it was a chess match. Felt like a, just like a game in November. And I need to correct myself. I said Columbus two Toronto one. I meant Columbus two Toronto nothing. <laughs> so deal with oh, that. Wow. And as we're talking right now, Minnesota one Vancouver nothing after one period of play. So, final thoughts on just anything that's game specific. 
and then we'll get into like the overall, the overarching themes of the last day and a half, almost two days of uh, playoff hockey, if you will. But anything about these nine games that you've seen so far, Rocket? Everybody looks a little bit rusty, um, and I think that it's fun. It's so right now these games have a lot more intensity than I expected them to have, especially in an empty barn. So I'm really looking forward to how the season progresses and what matchups we see. Uh, Jerk, anything that I left out from any of the nine games we've seen so far? Um, I don't think you left anything out, but no, I'm kind of what Rocket was saying. I'm just I'm glad it's back. It, everybody did seem a little discombobulated, you know, four months after the pause. So um, I think that was evidenced by how many minor penalties were called yesterday and today between all the games. Okay. See, that's what I wanted to get into. I wanted to find out yeah. if there's anything specific that I missed in a particular game, but now let's get into the over thing. I, that was top of mind for me. I'm going – Man, they're just calling penalties like left or like these officials feel like, yeah, we got to get back into the swing, man. Just call everything. Well, when, too many men is too many men. That's not really oh, I'm fine the referee's that. fault. <laughs> I'm fine Penguins with that. Guy. You get to put no, the puck over the was... glass, sure. Well, and, and but uh, I do know uh, it was it was very weird because it was I want to say uh, I believe it was the Hurricanes on the Rangers where there was a tap on the hand and that's two minutes for slashing. But there was another I saw that, you know, could have been holding or could have been roughing in, I want to say, Pittsburgh, Montreal, and it was let go. So um, I'd have to go, I'd have to do some research research and see uh, if the referees and linesmen are doing double duty as well. Um, but, you know, I, I, I think it's going to be, I think... Probably the games that are this weekend, I think we'll see, you know, there may be a little bit of, um, uh, you know, getting a little whistle happy to start. But I think, you know, as as the series, you know, as they get more intense and, and, and zeroed in, I think we'll see the whistles go away. I mean, I don't know how much, if any, um, of, of the game between Pittsburgh and Montreal you guys watch. But that game, especially the first period, that game was just, you know, zip. They were snapping it around very early on. And that was... You know the the referee's conduct. I mean, it 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 was in line with that. You know, Montreal and Pittsburgh were snapping it around, and I don't think there were any penalties until after the first period. You know, so. Yeah. Well, either way, yeah. Top of my mind, I was going, "Fuck, man, they are calling a lot of penalties in this." And then again, dude, through nine games, you had forty-five goals scored, but eighteen of which came from the special variety. I mean, almost half, like about forty-two percent of the goals are coming from special teams, which I was a little shocked by but then again i think that chicago edmonton game kind of like you know skewed the curve just to scotch because i think what it's 10 goals scored in that and i think like eight of them came on on a special team so <laughs> that might have uh, skewed the curve a little bit uh let's get into um all right i'm gonna go i'm just gonna throw this out there um can we petition john forslund to replace doc emmerich for everything Yes. Yeah, I love John Forsland. Absolutely. I, I, it's I, 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 um. Dude, Chief is killing it right now. Well, and and that's the thing. He's always killed it, but we've we 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 haven't been blessed with his presence just because you know he was obviously doing Fox Sports Carolina, and then you know NBCSN was kind of on the side. But you know, honestly, you know, Carolina's owner Nickel and Diming him may have been the best thing for you know the American. Um, the American hockey fan who watches games on NBC. Cause yeah, John Forslund is, is incredible. And I think too, you know, you, you consider the fact, and this is really getting into the politics of it all, but you know, 
Um, you know, Chris Cuthbert jumps from TSN to Sportsnet, which means one of NBC's big dogs is no longer available. You know, so it was it was probably, you know, impeccable timing that John Forslund leaves the Hurricanes and it's like, oh, NBC's like, hello, we have a seat for you right here. You know, I I, I would not be upset if John Forslund became, you know, NBC's number two, because, you know, as you alluded to, you know, Doc Emmerich is, you know, I, I, I don't like hate him with a fiery passion, but he's definitely not my favorite. Um, you know, he is getting... <laughs> he is getting older too, but also, you know, the other guys they've had in that number two spot, you know, the, you know, your, your Kenny Albert, you know, I'm not really a fan, but I love John Forslund. And I think, you know, I would love if he were going to be the number one guy there someday. He's just, he's got a really good eye for the game and, you know, has a really good way of, you know, enunciating what's happening on the ice. Well, see, I'll tell you, here's, here's my thing. When I hear Emmerich calling a game, it like, I want to, you know, to, to borrow a phrase from friends, rip my own arm off just so I have something to throw at him. I Emmerich just, oh, does he irritate me so much. Like calling icing like, as if it's the first time it's ever been called in the history of the game. Just the way all of those inflections drives me absolutely crazy. Forsland, butter, silk, smooth as a newborn's ass. Uh, just l- could not get enough of hearing Forsland call the game and, you know, there's been other guy Albert, I thought, did a fine job. There's been a couple other voices here and yeah. there that I'm kind of going, Ken- uh, you know, I'm, I'm thinking, you know what? Good, solid call. Like, the thing is, is when I hear Jim Houston, I'm going, oh, I'm going to like this game. Even if the game sucks, he just, he has always got a great call. Forslund, to me, is getting that same way where I'm like, you know what? I'm just really, this guy, smooth, digging it, loving it. And there was, uh, who, I'm trying to think what game it was you guys can probably tell me was i want to say was it panthers islanders that there was a uh, a woman doing color who i thought actually yeah. was kicking ass so a, so that's aj malesco she's actually she's the she's the color commentator for the islanders regional broadcasts and did, did um, she and do then, some and, stuff for like the there was like the women's day thing back in what early yeah, march so she, she was part of that yeah. she was very good so she's she's very similar to she you know she's very similar to to like to like Randy Hahn and Bakes, you know, where they have their regional job, but then they kind of moonlight over at NBC. She's the same, and I love her. She's great. Yeah. The way, like you said, the way she talks the game is is awesome. I love listening to her. Yeah. Yeah. No, she was solid. So yeah, that 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 woman needs to get some more national attention in a big way. Um, mm-hmm. But so I was watching fan, uh, hockey with fans in the stands. Like for me, I didn't. I'm like, I mean, because they're pumping in the sound, of course. But like, I guess it didn't have the impact. Or seeing like these tarps on the seats, I, I don't know. I've thought that that might be more of an impact, but no. I'm so focused on the ice. I'm like, oh yeah, I have to remind myself. Yeah, there's no fans in the stands. But are you surprised, Rock, that they didn't do like cutouts in baseball? Because this is financial opportunities here. The MLB is charging ridiculous prices for <laughs> for fans to purchase a cutout to put in the stands. Yeah, but I mean, a lot of that ridiculous price goes into producing those cutouts. You know, they're not the materials and the printing is not necessarily cheap and it's not necessarily the fastest thing ever, especially you have to input all the photos and size them all, blow them up and all that other. It just is a lot of process. And again, I don't think the NHL has that kind of money to invest in that uh, setup before actually, you know, charging people. And also, I think people in the NHL, uh, hockey fans wouldn't have 
bought as into it as much as baseball fans would have. Frankly, I like the tarps. I think I think it's it it reminds me a lot of watching a Barracuda game at SAP Center. <laughs> well, and it, it should also be said too that you know to Rocket's point, you know you have to you know have some kind of sign up thing, and then you gotta you know take payment, print them, size them, do the whole thing, and um you know the the NHL's whatever they're their crew, the content crew, or they have some, this team that set the hubs up, they have some name. I, I can't think of it off the top of my head, but they, you know, they, they only had three weeks to operate. And, you know, honestly, in a normal situation, I think you would take three weeks to take signups for cardboard cutouts. You know what I mean? So they yeah. really did not have a lot of time to operate with it. And I think, you know, kind of, kind of sliding into what you said, AJ, like, I think considering they only had three weeks, they did a hell of a job. I mean, the tarps, they look crisp. They look nice the way that, you know, they're all nice and primmed. They're all, you know, yep. over the seats. It looks like really good graphics. The screens are killer. Oh, dude, know. those boards, that they, the LED those boards and the Trons are going up, and it's just like, yeah. oh, my God, those look and, awesome. And I'll, 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 I'll drop this little nugget right here for you guys. So the NHL, um, between Toronto and Edmonton, the the word on the street is that they the NHL spent f- almost $50 million to get these hubs up and running and how awesome is it that between hockey football or i'm sorry hockey basketball baseball and soccer the nhl has spent the less the least amount of money and they've had the least amount of problems isn't that just awesome (laughs) (laughs) you're right no so what you're saying essentially jerk is mo money and mo problems uh exactly you know you have basket you have basketball players you know going to the titty bar you have Soccer, which I, I would say soccer is a close second. Soccer is doing really well. Baseball is a nightmare. Yeah. You know, I've you know I I've all year I've been saying that they need to cancel baseball. I didn't think there was actually a legitimate chance it would happen. So, you know, just give me an idea. But yeah. no, I, I I think you know, kind of finishing on this whole hub thing. I think with the limited time and the limited limited budget, I think the NHL crushed it. And if you go on anybody who's interested, if you go on. Chris Johnston's Twitter, you'll have to go back a little bit, but you can actually see a map of Edmonton and Toronto that is part of the bubble, and it shows all of the notable spots in the bubble, you know, the soccer field in Toronto, restaurants, hotels, that kind of bullshit, uh, if you want to know more about the bubble layout. No, it's been far, it totally exceeded my expectations. So I'm digging it so far, but... Let's move on now, at least now. Granted, we're only, like I said, like nine, nine and a half games into this. Not a lot of former Sharks featured just yet, but how have the former Sharks that we've seen so far done? Did anybody stand out for you? Did, did Were you watching Justin Braun? Were you watching Don Scoy or Nyquist? Stalock's going right now. Uh, Jason Demers. In fact, if I remember correctly, Demers got kind of, Took a nice cross check off the back, and um, of course, Sharks legend Mike Hoffman playing yesterday. So, anybody, no one has really stood out, right? I'll, I mean, Mar- like I said, Marlowe's, you know, a dash, <laughs> two hits, and in, in <laughs> twelve minutes of ice time. It's it. There's not a lot to go off of just based on the time that we're recording this, but um, it, anybody who's watched. Minnesota Vancouver tonight. Alex Stalock is ready to go. Yep. Chiefs dialed in. 14 saves on 14 shots and he's I mean, I joked around with AJ, but you know, if we had just waited a little bit, you know, homie could have been the starter maybe. <laughs> just saying, uh does he fall under the Nightquest category for you too? Hashtag could have kept. 
Yeah, no, I think it was still <laughs> the right move to get rid of him. Oh, I agree. Like I, you say, fourteen shots on fourteen, uh, you know, fourteen saves on fourteen shots. But were they high danger? Were they easy? Like this is not painting an entire picture of his of his career here. So I, I'm sorry, dude. I I, he's hurt me too much for me to ever trust his game ever <laughs> uh, again. I well, just think when when you think about how Vancouver has played this year, where they you know they can just snap it around and get on you early. I think it's impressive that they have that Vancouver hasn't scored yet. Yeah, considering right. how you know, in your face they've been at times this year. Well, as a Sharks fan, do you root for specific former Sharks to do well and to win, or are you straight up just rooting for whatever scenario brings back the best return for the Sharks, trade-wise, for what they'd previously done, like Marlowe, like Dylan? Is there any reason it can't be both? Well... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I mean, yeah, you can root for sharks, but you you know, if you're rooting for the return above all, then you're saying, okay, we really want Dylan or Marlowe, or I'm sorry, we really want Pittsburgh or Washington to win the cup. I'll 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 tell you this, and then I'll let Rocket go because I've been talking too much. Well, let me throw My... in the context. Let me throw in the context for Dylan. Capitals would give San Jose a third round pick in 2020 instead of a 2021 if they were to win the cup. Marlowe, if the Penguins win the Stanley Cup this season, the Sharks will receive Pittsburgh's second pick in the 2021 draft instead of their third. So for me, it's if for me it's threefold. Uh, number one, I I'd love <laughs> to see Patty get. A, <laughs> I'd love to see Patty get a cup. Number two, as much as I as much as I've really harped on him all year because people, you know enjoy being happy and liked him back. You know, I, I do want him to win a Stanley cup. Uh, number two, as you said, I mean, you know, the third round pick in 2021 becoming a second round pick. Is it that big of a deal? If the sharks pick at, you know, 62 instead of 84, maybe, maybe not. It depends on who's there, but you never know. Um, and then obviously number three, just if I can be a little selfish, uh, I picked Pittsburgh as an underratedly good team to win the cup. And so if they were to do that, it would just make me look smart. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I have to echo exactly what Jerk said about, is there a big difference between low second and high third? Like it's, there's really, I don't know if there's that big of a, of a difference where it's going to really be effective in finding a guy who's going to be good for the team. Secondly, I kind of, have a little bit more of an ulterior motive than just being a Dylan fan for wanting Capitals to win because, um, and this is Jerk's fault actually, but uh, <laughs> you, because like you, you turning me on to Ilya Kovalchuk's game has really uh, made me root for him after the, the shit that he took in LA and then going to uh, Montreal and really putting in a stellar performance and then getting traded to the Capitals. I would love to see him just stick both middle fingers in the air to LA and get the Capitals a cup. All right. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and you know what though? He, he, he's now become a part of, uh, I don't know how big into uh, TikTok you guys are, Jesus. but evident, evidently there is a group, uh, unofficial group. It's called the Russian five. Um, and it's, you have all on Washington Capitals. You have Alex Ovechkin, Evgeny Kuznetsov, Ilya Kovalchuk, uh, Ilya Samsonov, and Dmitry Orlov. And, you know, they're doing TikToks together and, and whatever. So I think just 
like clicks within clicks. It's it. There's always something there, but I just think to kind of steer into that and be like, oh, look how interesting we are. I always think that makes for a good story too. <laughs> okay, we're gonna get to this in a hot minute, but uh, <laughs> from the comment <laughs> section, guys, we should root for. Thomas Grice, according to that NBC Sharks article. Uh, we'll get into the NBC Sharks thing in a hot second. Let me let you know. But, um, geez, we, we actually, uh, we, we're running a little long, so we have to uh, pause for a word from our sponsor. Hockey fans, gear up at NHLshop.com, the largest assortment of the worst selection of fan gear anywhere. Every NHL team and seven players you've heard of, all printed on the cheapest material found in China. Shop now and get today's special offer. It's the same offer as every day and won't apply to anything you actually want. NHLshop.com, a failed fanatics experience. Warning, colors shown are for demonstration only do not reflect the color of the actual product. Some products may not arrive as displayed or may fall apart while in transit. Team and player names are subject to the whims of our printers. You may or may not receive the item you ordered or anything that resembles the item you ordered. Uh, okay, and we're back. Thank you for that sponsor. We appreciate that. So, uh, and, and if you enjoyed that, that'll be on our uh, YouTube a little bit later. So, anyway, God, I love that. <laughs> so, uh, now, what happened here with, um, the, you know, we've been talking about the bubble and, and all the things that they've been doing. If you listen to our podcast just a short while ago, I had a little talk with John Scott, former Sharks legend, NHL all-star MVP, how has the NHL not offered a secondary channel that is uncensored? Because I will say one of the things that has kind of annoyed me on these broadcasts, you're listening, and when it does get kind of quiet because something's being talked or, or there's being some yelling or something like that, you can hear them muting things or whatever, and it just sounds not good. It's not good. And Remember the Epics documentary where they let all the language fly and the last da dance documentary for Michael Jordan on ESPN, the secondary channel, let all the language fly. How do you leave money on the table when it's so easy to make that happen? Secondary channel, part of NHL's center ice thing. Give me the uncensored one. Oh, I want that. And the thing is, of course, is that, you know, people would certain people would buy it. And they're just recording every little thing and spitting it out there on social media. Go ahead. Maybe that. Maybe that's why. I don't care. Like they don't care. They, oh, like seriously, if if the boys cared, they wouldn't. They would. They would not say that kind of stuff. They don't care. And frankly, I don't care that they curse either. I would. It's part of the color of the game. It's part of the emotion of the game. And I for one, think that this, uh, unlike the cardboard cutout, would have required very little setup for the NHL to handle within the time that they set this up, and they could have made a ton of money. I would have paid like 80 bucks, maybe, for just just for, for the zero play-in. Yeah. You know? well, uh, we're and, and, already and... getting feedback from the chat room, <laughs> uh, evidently allowing Fanatics to be our sponsor is a new low. Uh, I would agree with you, but uh, you take it where you can get it from. Jerk. Well, and, and, and here's the thing, like Rocket said, you know, the, the amount of effort and money between cardboard cutouts and a, we'll say, R-rated telecast, there is zero they would have to do. All they have to do is just flip a switch, let the game, dude. Not even flip a switch, just let the game 
go the way that it's happening. They literally don't have to do anything. They're doing more to clean it up. Yeah. Like, now, is that, you know, maybe there's some logistical issues. Maybe you have to do an entire overhaul of the NHL.TV layout, you know, and, you know, set up a whole parental parental control thing. But what do you do? I don't know. I'm with Rocket. I mean, like, I like it's one of those things where it's like, oh, if I don't, you know, if I don't hear, you know, if I don't hear Eric Carlson yell the F word at least three times this game, I'm not watching. But it just it gives you I'm sorry. Uh, oh. <laughs> it gives you an insight into what's happening on the ice through the course of the game. It, it you know, especially with having no fans in the building. Right. What better way to make you feel like you're there? Exactly. Dude, I just want like every 10 seconds. All I want to hear on my feed. Fuck that guy. That's all I want to hear. That's it. Yeah. Either that or, you know, I just picture the guys at the NBC truck are just. That, that's all it is. Just the guy with the with, with the with the button. Anyway. Yeah, I did the quota for the sound effects. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um. Well, you know, I haven't heard you expand your vocabulary tonight. I'm just saying. Uh, have you noticed, though, that the ads on the boards are split between the teams? Now, this is great, mm-hmm. too, because like during the the preseason if you will <laughs> like 3 days ago during Arizona and VGK the Arizona side had ads for like you know Dosecchi's and like Glendale air conditioning while the Vegas side had ads for like casinos and Jägermeister and I was half expecting to see an ad for Cheetahs or Spearmint Rhino or something like that but I am getting a kick out of this where you see the Colorado game on one side it's like you know Rocky Mountain Internet, and over here, <laughs> St. Louis, it's like, you know, Archway Brewery. So I, I do think it's kind of cool, especially like watching the Vancouver Minnesota game right now. On one side, you see, well, let's be honest, it's Vancouver, so every ad's going to be Rogers. But then <laughs> you see some stuff from Minnesota businesses. I, I dig that. Are you guys enjoying like a little local flavor, even though it's very kind of subdued? Yeah. Well, I also think that that they owe those sponsors the yep. exposure, mm-hmm. you know, for the rest of the of the season. So I think this is a great uh, compromise on how they worked that out. I think it's a little bit genius, to be honest. And from what the internet has told me, they're all big stickers, so they just yeah. peel them off of the boards after every game and then put the the next team's little panel stickers up. Yeah, mm-hmm. and 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 like Rocket said, you know, those stickers, those stickers are they're reappliable which is nice. Yeah. Um, but also like, like rocket was saying, I mean, the whole thing with the return to play and then, and the CBA, um, amendment we'll say is, um, you know, trying to make up again, the NHL didn't lose money. They just didn't make money. Right. And so they're trying, you know, the NHL is trying to, to catch back up to their expected profits. How do you do that? Um, you split the sponsors down the middle between the two teams. That way all the teams involved have a chance to make some money back that they didn't make. Otherwise, I think it's really smart. You're allowing, you know, because as we've seen in the past, as soon as the playoffs start, all the advertisements are league sponsors, but you're allowing the teams involved to make back some money to their own pockets. Um, That was, that was not uh, attained with the cancellation of the regular season. So I think it's a really smart business move on the NHL. Yeah. Well, let, let's take it to the chat here for a hot minute. Uh, I like a couple of these. 
Steve saying, would be funny to see a team have massive amounts of blow-up dolls in the seats rather than cardboard cutouts. <laughs> I would love that. I think that would be hysterical. Sounds like a Vegas thing. Oh, th- well, that's what I'm saying. Oh, see, only do it for Vegas. That would be nice. I would like that. Uh, Jerry says they should ha- also have Bob Mennery do the R-rated play-by-play. If you don't know who that is, go find out because he is hysterical and hysterically profane so i i would love that and then rob saying hey nbc stream these games on peacock nbc just launched that service absolutely i think that would be great uncensored peacock if you will i mean it's like yes we're gonna use the nhl to put the cock in peacock we're I right knew here that was, for you. i knew that was your tagline yeah i knew it, I knew it. Uh, so finally for, to kind of put a bow on these two days of playoffs before, uh, and chances are we're going to be here next Sunday. You know, it's, it's been every other Sunday for a little while or a hot minute, but now that we've got a lot more to talk about, we might go every Sunday. We'll see. Uh, but finally your thoughts, Rocket, Matt Dumba taking a knee, drawing a ton of praise for his pregame comments, huge national story here. What did you think? I thought it was, uh, it was very involved. Not just from from Mr. Dumba's uh, speech, but also from just like the amount of graphics that they put up and kept up and had that whole advertisement about, you know, we skate for black lives and everything like they really went in. And like some people say it's a PR move. I don't really think it is. I, I thought that that was actually like they put some thought into this and they're trying to be as sincere as possible in communicating this message to their fans. Um, I thought that it was uh, it was poignant. And it was very powerful. Jerk. Do, do, AJ, you have to do the sounder. <laughs> I'm sorry. Could you remind me which one? <laughs> uh, well, you you heard Rock, uh, Rocket just said poignant. Oh, I'm sorry. I know words. I have the best words. All right. Go there ahead. you go. Thank you. Yeah, You're welcome. Right, I just, just got to make sure Rocket gets her cookies. Just got to make sure Rocket gets her cookies. No, yeah. you know what? Um, It was very... I think it was the word that comes to mind is very brave because you have a lot of volatile individuals who have an opinion on the matter. And in spite of all that, you know, Matt, and again, keep in mind, Matt Dumba plays for the Minnesota wild and neither of the teams that this happened during were the Minnesota wild. So he clearly felt passionate enough about it to come to a game he wasn't involved with. I think it's very brave. I think it was a very strong message. I think the message was well-spoken. And I'm going to tell you this right now. If you don't like it, you probably shouldn't be listening to our show. Just saying. Because this has been a problem for far too long. And I'm like Rocket said, I'm glad to see that the NHL is getting involved and trying to differentiate themselves from other organizations and businesses. And you know what? Um, I totally had another point I was going to make. But, you know, even if, like, you know, Rocket mentioned it potentially being a PR move, let's say for fun, even if it is a PR move, forever, the NHL is going to be paired with this movement. So even if it was a PR move, you know, everybody is going to be able to point and to say, well, you still attached your name to it publicly. You know uh, what I mean? I, see, I don't want to go. I don't want to go down the rabbit hole on this. I just want to say, I thought what he had to say was was really great. And and when it comes to whether you take a knee or not during anthems or whatever, 
the, I'm not going to judge you either way. If you do it, you do it. If you don't, you don't, you know, to each their own. I mean, that, that, to me, that's what it's all about, to each their own. As long as you're not in, you know, ruining someone else's life with your actions, pfft, to each your own, baby. That's, that's how I look at it. But let's move on now to Sharks stuff. We've been going now for, you know, an hour on, on Return to Play. We barely mentioned the Sharks. And, uh, and with that, we're, yeah, I was going to say, and with that, um, we're not going to talk a whole lot about the Sharks because there's not a whole lot to talk about. Although, let me say this. Um, and if you want to take my idea, that's fine. Just give me credit. But you, there's been a couple broadcasts now where you've seen like uh, Philadelphia during the Philadelphia game. There's a couple times where they threw up on the screen, you know, little Zoom boxes or whatever of Philly fans, wherever, and they're rooting and cheering about. I wanted to put together a video where it's just like me for ten seconds and it's sharks, you know, with my wall sitting on a stool with my sharks jersey with just like a fidget spinner saying, "Return to play." <laughs> That's it. That's what I'm here for. So uh, <laughs> let's get into some Sharks news. Yesterday, Elliot Friedman reported that John, John, Joe Thornton may sign with Switzerland to be ready for the start of the next NHL season. This morning, Kurz confirmed it and reported that Jumbo is, in fact, already in Switzerland with the fam, and which, of course, means that about 20 minutes ago, NBCSN Bay Area posted about it. Because, you know, that's the way that that works. Uh, I mean, this is nothing new, right? Doesn't, like, Thornton spend every summer in Switzerland with his... Oh, I'm sorry. He he goes there to hang out with his... My wife. Yeah, he goes to hang out with his wife. Uh, yeah, so... That, uh, for those who don't know, during the 0405 and the 2012 lockout, Joe Thornton played in Davos, Switzerland, while the NHL was in their work stoppage. Um, Joe Thornton also happened to meet his wife when he was in Switzerland in 0405, met his wife in Davos and married her, and clearly they're very happy together. Um, but yeah, he goes back there every summer. And again, you, you know, if you go back even as far as 2016, the idea of Joe Thornton finishing his NHL career and then playing a year or two in the National League A, that's not unheard of. That's something that's been talked about for at least the last four years. And so, honestly, this doesn't surprise me at all. I mean, at Joe Thornton's age, given the medical history, given just everything we know about Joe Thornton, with the Sharks not playing from March until at least December, assuming he re-signs with the Sharks, he could sign with anybody else for all we know. And, but it and makes might just, after hearing about how upset he was about not being traded at the deadline, but go on. Right, but the point I'm making is it, it makes sense for him to stay in shape and stay in game shape. That's one of the things we've been hearing is you can skate in training camp all you want, but until you get into a game, your body and your muscle memory is not going to be where it should be. So why not get, you know, why not get yourself into actual professional games where you can keep your conditioning, keep your body going? Because, you know, everywhere but North America is on a better track than the U.S. is. And, you know, all the Euro leagues are still planning to start their seasons in August when they normally do. Um, so why not get a head start on your conditioning? And, you know, his contract, if it does happen or when it does happen, I do know his contract will have an NHL out clause. So that's not an issue there. Um, but I, I, I think it's totally smart. And, you know, he'll probably go back to Davos anyway. And honestly, he'll probably light it up there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. But we'll see. I mean, we'll see if they have any attendance problems at Davos, right? 
Um, no? Well, they'll probably... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, even though the Euro Leagues are starting in uh, August, they'll probably still have no fans, which I don't think is that big of a deal. Um, you know, it's... You know, buildings in the European Leagues are generally smaller than NHL buildings anyway, so it's really not that big of a difference. True that. True that. Uh, let's move on, shall we? Evander Kane, nominated by the Sharks for the King Clancy Award. Uh, this is the uh, trophy that is given annually to the NHL player who best exemplifies leadership qualities on and off the ice and made a significant humanitarian contribution to his community. Oh, man, listen to that. I know words. I have the best words. The winner is chosen by a special panel of representatives from the Professional Hockey Writers Association and the NHL Broadcasters Association. Uh, at this time, I, it feels like, yeah, it seems pretty obvious that that's who's going to get the nod for the Sharks. I I don't know. I don't know if uh, if I'll be surprised if he doesn't get it. We'll see. Uh Given okay, so best exemplifies leadership qualities on and off the ice. Tell me what part of leadership qualities off the ice is involved in not paying back your gambling markers. Oh, she right. She right. I mean, the the thing that I would say to that is, you know, that story came, that story came out eleven months ago. How do you know that situation's not been solved? Well, yeah, it should have never happened in the first place. Is what I'm saying. That's true, man. Solid, pay your debts, solid point. Pay your solid point. Uh, next on the list, John Root, you may know of as the in-game host for the Sharks. Uh, how can you miss him? He's like six foot four and blonde. I mean, <laughs> trolling around. And he's the only guy in the world that wears a, still wears a denim jacket. Come on. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, but um, a weird thing here is that this just kind of came out of nowhere on social media. No word on whether he like left or if the position that he had as the in-game host and, and digital media dude, if that position had been just eliminated. Uh, it's weird, but however, based on social media podcast comments, it sounds as though as if that position has been eliminated and he's been let go. Now, should tie into that as well. Locally, workers at Oracle Park and Chase Center have recently been let go. Uh, also, the Canucks just terminated a quarter of their business staff. So it makes you wonder, um, you know, are the Sharks just uh, trying to clean up the books a little bit? Is John, are they just not paying him now, but they'll reach out to him back when we start to look back at having fans? Who knows? It just, I don't know. There wasn't a lot of detail there. Um, now, but I, now, as far as John, one of the nicest people you'll ever want to meet that being said, I've always questioned why that job existed at the NHL level. The Barracuda thing, absolutely. Family-driven thing, and you want to get kids screaming and shouting and blah, 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 absolutely. But my personal take is NHL teams don't need hype men or MCs or whatever you want to call them. They just don't. I agree with you wholeheartedly. Uh, unfortunately, the NHL is a copycat league, and there are some teams in this league that don't necessarily attract a hockey fan, but they attract, say, a college football fan. So they need a hype man to kind of keep them interested in hockey. I believe you know? that, that one of those teams is referred to as my yotes. <laughs> well, I was going to say Nashville. Nashville. Sure. Well, yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, I mean, like, the whole reason, like, Nashville's got girls with pom-poms. And, like, you know who else does that? The Dallas Stars, and they do it better. Uh, so, like, what's it's the, a copycat What do those teams league. have in common? <laughs> Just saying. Football areas, southern mm -hmm. part of the yeah. states. Interesting. Yeah. 
<laughs> moving on, Curtis Pashelka has identified five forwards in the playoffs that Doug Wilson could be looking at. Uh, Yevgeny Dananoff, Tyler Johnson, Kasperi Kapanen, Jaden Schwartz, Tyler Toffoli. Now, my question to you, Jerk. Dandanoff, 31. Johnson, 30. Schwartz, 28. Toffoli, 28. Are these kind of like guys that are a little too old? I mean, Kapanen, 24. Sure, absolutely. But is do you really want Wilson looking at a 31-year-old Dandanoff when you look at the age of the team right now? Uh, I mean, I don't know who Dan- Dandanoff is, I'm but sorry, I do Dadanoff. like Evgeny Dandanoff. Whatever. I'm just messing, I'm just messing with you. Oh, um, I know words. I have the best words. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, yeah, the, I mean, 31, it is kind of old, but, uh, I mean, Evgeny Dadanov is a really good player. He's the type of player that the Sharks have been looking for. Now, keep in mind the Sharks will not be signing Evgeny Dadanov because they can't afford to sign him, but that is the type of player that they would be theoretically looking for. Is 31 too old? Could be. Could also not be. I mean, players, you know, we've seen players you know, hit the wall younger than um, in the past, but we've also seen players hit the wall older than yeah, in I mean, the past. Like, <laughs> I think Zdeno Chara is actually older than the guy who coaches the Leafs. Yeah, hundred. Yeah, no, you're right. Dude, we've seen players that have no idea where the fucking wall is. Right. <laughs> I, I, I think, I, I think, I don't know. I mean, I see where you're going with this, but like Toffoli, Schwartz, uh, Tyler Johnson, you know, these are all like the same kind of guy. So it's like to fully, you know, I'm point. taking a look at, but maybe yeah, Kapanen I, based on age. But see, I yeah, Kapanen definitely has the age advantage, and his contract is pretty nice too. I but the thing with Kasperi Kapanen, I look at a guy who really hasn't been able to do anything on his own. Like the only reason, and he's a good player. Don't get me wrong. But the only reason that he scored over 20 goals last year was because he was playing uh, with Austin Matthews while William Nylander was having his contract dispute. And, Whoa. you know, he, and he came back, Kasper Kapanen came back this year on the third line, only put up 13 goals. Now, more ice time probably will boost that number a little bit. But as much as I've liked Kasper Kapanen, he's not somebody that I've ever really been interested in uh, in the way that you're trying to. Um, trying to play, I think I'm with you. Tyler Toffoli is who I'd look at, or maybe Jaden Schwartz, just because they're both those guys. You know, they're they're versatile players. They can play on either wing. They're fast. You know, they can rip the puck really well. So I think that's who I'm looking at. I think, I mean, maybe if, if the Sharks, like you know, it, granted, if the Sharks had a crystal ball and they knew with absolute certainty that the, we'll say oldish players currently on the roster were still going to play well in spite of their age. I think you go after Evgeny Dadanov just because I think he's he's the best player out of the five you mentioned. But like you said, age is a factor. So, uh, All right. Uh, next, Rocket. Will Patrick Marlowe use breaking the all-time games play record as contract leverage with the Sharks? Uh, it depends. If he wins the cup, no, because he's going to say fuck it and leave. And how do you he, how how do you turn down when you are 40 something games away from becoming the player to play the most games ever in the NHL? Mm-hmm. How do you turn that down? Because you won the Stanley Cup. It doesn't matter. That's a hell of a record. Gonna, Lots of people no, have won the Stanley Cup. You would be the only guy who has played the most NHL games. 
True, no. but I, I'm kind of with Rocket. Like, I, you know, NHL players don't really care as much about individuals' awards as we may think. Like, mm. I think, like, I'm with you. Like, I think that would be a hell of a record to own, but I don't know that Marlowe really cares to own it. See, I think, you know mm. what I think would be cool? It's like, okay, Marlowe, we have a deal for you. <laughs> Patrick Marlowe. Who? Oh! We have a deal. What we're going to do, we're going to sign you one year, league minimum, and, and now I'm saying this, <laughs> cup, or, cup or bust, no matter if, if Marlowe gets it or not, they're going to go to Marlowe and say, look, okay, we're going to give you one more year because we want you to break that record in a teal jersey. But then we're going to make Marlowe pucks that says, you know, 16 bajillion games played and all this stuff and shirts and hats and all this stuff. And we're going to cut you in on the profit of that merch. Like that's well, he's, he's cut that. in on he's he's cut in on that profit regardless though. Right, that's the NHLPA thing. But 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 they'll, they'll give him a little little something something, little little something I, extra under the table. I don't <laughs> think it would be worth it for him to be <laughs> show. Uh, just like he, that basically equates him to being a carrot on a string that they want to dangle in front of the fans. Yeah. I think that's demeaning to Patty, and I also don't think that he would come back for a year at league minimum after winning the cup to expose himself to injury when he doesn't need it. He can retire in glory. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For, for, I, I for just, pennies. I, okay, but but here's the thing. If Marlowe doesn't win, okay, um, go back to the original question. Does he use it? Because it does feel like Wilson, we're talking about a GM who said, <laughs> what, last August, September? When they asked him, you know, like, well, Marlo's out there. No, we're not. You know, we, we're, we're kind of beyond the Marlo thing. I talked Man, to Marlo God. personally in September and asked him, and I'm like, how's it looking? He's yeah, it's not going to happen. And then what happened? The Sharks shit the bed in three games, and all of a sudden, boom, Patrick Marlo's a shark again. I Patty, don't Patty, think you, it you, was... He was working you, brother. <laughs> they didn't necessarily shit the bed so much as, like, everybody got shot in the knee. There were a lot of injuries that happened that not the first three games. (laughs) It was the reason why he came back was because like they just didn't anyway. So I don't think that it would happen again. I think that okay, that's not true. If his numbers during the playoffs are absolutely fucking phenomenal, if he goes out there and plays like choose through twenty minutes a night, gets like. 10 shots on goal, two assists, you know, whatever, like three goals, what, uh, 10 points a game, whatever, some stupid shit like that, then Sharks are definitely going to be like, yo, we'll, we'll give you some money. We need you to come back. But I don't think that they would want him to come back just to fulfill a record if he's invisible for Pittsburgh during the playoffs and he doesn't win a cup. I don't know. When, when that trade moved Marlowe to Pittsburgh, if you listen to what Wilson said to the press – it sounded as if it was fate complete that Marlowe will return to the Sharks next season. And I think I think it does have a lot to do with he can break that record wearing teal. And that's just – it. right now the Sharks, they're looking for silver linings anywhere they can find them, any way to sell this team. And to see Marlowe do that and then also during the 30th anniversary of the club, I think it's – I think it's happening. Uh, no matter if he wins the cup or not, I still think Marlowe plays one more year here to get that record in teal. That's what so, I'm, that's what I'm, I'm, I'm with, on record. I'm with, I'm with Rocket. No, no, it, it seems very much like carrot on a stick. It's fine. 
like I, I I just like I I think if he doesn't win the cup, I I, I think you, you may be onto something. But I think if he does win the cup and then the Sharks try and sell him on that, I think at at, at what you know Patrick Marlowe is a legend of the game, and at one point is he just gonna devolve into a circus act? No, I I, I get you on that. Like, like if oh, he wins okay. the cup, we're I gonna think sign, he can very much gonna, go jerk and just be like, "Fuck you." Yeah, we're gonna sign Patty, you know, to come back, and we're gonna get old boy his record, and then as soon as he gets it, we're gonna we're gonna make our quarter on the merch, and then we're gonna healthy scratch him the rest of the season. Like, well, no, I wouldn't not say you're gonna, Yeah, no, I don't think you're gonna healthy scratch him. But if I'm if I'm Marlowe, I win that cup, and then I'm like, I resign you. with Pitt. <laughs> no, I I win that cup, and then I resign with Pittsburgh, and I'm like, let's do it again. Mm-hmm. If Pittsburgh wants to make that play, if they, yeah, if they throw it out they? there. Well, who knows? Yeah. Who knows? Everybody's weird. <laughs> it's it's going to wash out in stats. That's what's going to happen. Either way, something we can talk about. I don't. I didn't want to go down that fucking hole, but here we are. Uh, moving on. The Sharks team shop uh, has expanded their website just to scouch more. And what that means is that they're starting to include game-used equipment, team-issued stuff. But the big thing is we had an article on Teal Town USA about a week or so ago that there will, in fact, be an equipment sale, according to a team source, but it won't be until later, much later in this year, perhaps around when the season begins. So if you are an equipment whore, you know, a game-used jersey um, ho, as putt guy is want to be, then that's what you're saving your money for. So just putting that out there. Uh, another event that happened for the Sharks on July 30, 31st, just a couple of days ago, uh, they had their sipping with the Sharks event, a wine, a virtual wine event. Uh, th- here's my interesting take, and again, we'll move on. Remember, this is an event where it was $800 per ticket, but the ticket was for two people to join in the virtual thing. Here's the odd thing is when they've done previous events, sampling with the Sharks, you know, the events where Rocket went to one at the Auto Club, there's been ones at SAP Center. Usually the night of the event, morning after, uh, Sharks Foundation, the Sharks, there are literally posts all over social media of the event. And this one, (laughs) on the day and evening of the event, there had been zero posts on social media about it from the Sharks, the Foundation, Doug Wilson, who was in attendance, although he doesn't have social media, uh, but Randy Hahn, Ruzanowski, the only person to do anything about it on social media, Burns had like a last-second mention about it on a three-panel Instagram story, and then Ruzanowski tweeted a photo about it yesterday. And what's funny is everybody in the photo, they weren't fans. Like it looked like a conference call between the two, like Jonathan Becker, <laughs> Ruzanowski, all those names that are, and like a couple winery people. I'm just wondering 400 per person, well, 800 per ticket uh, makes you wonder. I'd like to. I'd be really interested in wondering and knowing how many people attended. Uh, well, and it, it's like I said the last time we did a show. Um, frank, frankly, I thought it was a lame idea, and I think the turnout speaks to that. Perhaps, perhaps I don't yeah. know. It's uh, as we predicted last show. 
The Sharks auctioned off mystery pucks on July 21st and then followed it up with a normal buy option a day later. Uh, I bought a couple, and I haven't received them yet, or I would tell you who I got, and I would show them to you. But uh, they were 35 bucks each, plus shipping. Hmm. Um, Jesus. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm, I'm, I feel like for the longest time, there were 20, 20, 20, yeah. 20, and all of a sudden, boom, 30, and now 35. Uh, I think they're starting to price themselves out, and considering that a week later, they're tweeting out that they still, in all caps, have stock, uh, is this a thing of they're starting to price themselves out on this? I mean, supply and demand, baby. Well, what I said about sipping with the Sharks, just apply it to raising the price on Mystery Pucks. But also, don't the players get a cut because it's all NHLPA since it's all their signatures? So is this yep. part of the CBA that they're just supposed to get more money like in a different, you know, like it's trying inflation? To, <laughs> trying to make up that hockey-related revenue any way they yeah. can. Yeah. But, but yeah. do they – but let me ask you this. I don't know that you'll know the answer, but – I probably will. Okay, as you usually do. Uh, let me ask you this. Do the Do the players get paid – regard like is it a flat fee or is it a percentage so it's you know it's the idea of like okay you're going to get x amount of dollars when you sign a hundred pucks or is or is it a case of they sign a hundred pucks but they only get paid if all of them sell no i i think it's somewhere in the middle i think they get i think they get paid like they sign a hundred pucks and whether two or all a hundred sell, I still think they get paid regardless because like rocket is saying, you know, one of the requirements of um, joining the NHLPA is you have to register your autograph with them. Uh. And so anything that your autograph is on, you are entitled to a cut of the net profit. So in other words, like fanatics probably doesn't get a large, but because who knows if those autographs are, Legit. Anyway, um, so that's true. Moving on. <laughs> uh, have you checked out Shang Pang and the new website San Jose Hockey now? If you haven't, go do it after you're done listening to us. Uh, he's had some great pieces so far, um, and and some really cool deep dive stuff that you're not seeing anybody else do. Uh, and then, of course, meanwhile, there are other sites out there putting out articles. I'm sorry, articles. Uh, they could be better served as a three you know, a three tweet thread or a 60 second Instagram video. Um, but of course, when that site all writes about baseball, it's a three page diatribe. Anyway, looking at you, NBCSN. <laughs> um, oh, and speaking of which, NBCSN's Brian Witt posted an article this past Friday. Sorry, got to gotta call you out, buddy. Five former Sharks players fans can cheer for when the NHL playoffs begin. And he listed Marlowe, Donskoy, Dylan, DeMello, and of all people, Thomas Grice. Neglected to mention, mm, shall, let, let's just roll it backwards. Didn't mention Ryan Carpenter, Jason Demers, Michael Haley, Jason Reimer, Alex Stalock. Now you look at those names and you Matt go, Nieto, hold on, I'm not done. Let me finish. Or Matt Nieto. And you can look at those names and go, well, why would you mention those guys? You know, they haven't been Sharks for a few years or whatever. Fine. Again, he talked about Thomas Grice. But the names that he did not mention included Gus Nyquist, Shark last year, Justin Braun, Shark last year, Barkley Goodrow, and Joe Shark fucking Pavelski. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, Shark this year. But and Braun and Goodrow. Yeah, but Joe fucking Pavelski <laughs> wasn't mentioned in there. And credit to him, uh, you know, he owned 
he owned it. You know that. Uh, now, granted, this is a topic that people have been talking about on social media for the last two weeks. But to his credit, he owned it, updated it. Uh, but he, I think it was after the admit uh, the omissions. Police came in and buried him on Twitter for not have, like I don't even know <laughs> I don't even know how you put that article out like Pavelski should have been number fucking one and it wasn't even included in there and I'm going dude and I and I've said this before look the NBCSN group that are putting out these articles I get it you, you're just trying to put out content you don't you the sharks don't drive traffic they don't get the ratings I I understand that. It's clear that you've got a a group of like I don't know six or seven writers, and every morning when you go to the coffee machine, the Keurig, you draw straws, and whoever gets the short straw has to write that day's sharks article. That's fine, but come on, <laughs> I mean, do do five seconds of research, or better yet, befriend a sharks fan and ask them what should be in the article. Just saying. Or perhaps reach out to one of your co-workers. Say, Brody Brazil. Just saying. Okay, excuse me while I get off my soapbox. Uh, finally, a poll. And I want, I've, I've been dying to ask you guys this. Rocket, what do you do if naming names is throwing someone under the bus but not naming them is considered cowardly like that that's i've been i've been seeing this going back and forth on twitter where somebody will say you know well somebody told me this and it's like well fucking name them then and then you see another post well i don't want to throw people on the bus but this is uh, under the bus but this is what i'm hearing how, how do you balance that uh, you either shut your pie hole about it and don't bring it up and don't be like, well, this person told me this, but I can't tell you who it is. That's some, some like chest beating bullshit. And if you can't dig down and find the cojones to find your source, like to quote your well, source, you can't, well, you shut can't the name, fuck up. Well, there's, I mean, but there's certain information you're going to get. Everybody's going to give you that where it's, this was off the record or, you know, an right. anonymous source has told us this, but I'm not talking about that. I'm talking right. when there's a story like uh, there was the uh, Ronick, the Jeremy Ronick book. And in that he was, you know, there was some talk about Marlowe and he says, there's other guys on the sharks who feel the same way about Marlowe that I do, but I don't want to throw them under the bus. And it's well, like, well, then why bring it up? Yeah, exactly. Then, yeah, well, so it's like either name them, or why bring it up? Now, obviously, yeah. you don't want to name them because a couple of those guys might still be in the league. Exactly. So keep your juice to yourself trying to make, like, ooh, I know this juicy stuff about this guy, and I know other people feel the same way, but I can't talk about them. Like, shut up. There's other, if, you, if you need to include that in your story, then your story's not that good. I don't know. See, I just look at uh, the, the thing that I enjoyed about John Scott is we brought up Aaron, Adam Burrish, and he was like, yeah, fuck that oh, guy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I, Wait I a minute. Like, my my mistake. Yes. Fuck that guy. You know, he was very much just yeah. Screw him. And, yeah. And it was like there was. It was like no. I'm here's the name. Yeah. No, I'm not throwing him under the bus. I'm just telling you, I didn't like the guy. I don't think that not naming them is cowardly. I think putting yourself in a position where you get to say I'm not going to name anybody because that would be throwing them under the bus is a bullshit move. All right. So 
jerked. She says throwing him under the throwing them under the bus is the cowardly move. What what say you? Uh, well, I think it depends. I, it, it depends because if you like, if John Scott were to say, "Oh yeah, I was with Adam," you know, I was on the team with Adam Burrish, you know, and and you know, he left his gear everywhere. He stepped on the logo in the locker room. He did this. He did that. It's like, dude, stop being a dickhead. But if he, but like he said, where he was like, "Yeah, you know, me and Adam Burrish, we didn't jive very well," and he left it at that. Yep. You know what I mean? He. The whole yeah. big thing is like, okay, whether you quote unquote throw people under the bus or you're a coward and you keep it to yourself, it's all about like. You know, it's all about like, even if you don't like the person, like, like, like respect their name. You know what I mean? And, and I do, I do understand like with the whole thing with Jeremy Roenick's book, like it's a situation like, yes, you can make the argument that if he's not going to say who agrees with him, then maybe don't mention that anybody agrees with him. But you have to think about it from the perspective of an author if you don't say that other people would agree with you, it's kind of hard for people to take you seriously or take what you're saying seriously, rather. I was going to say, so, who's taking Jeremy Roenick seriously? <laughs> yeah, like, his opinions are not facts, man. Yeah. Oh, and... Okay, no, but what I'm saying... Okay, they may not be facts, but some... Depending on the evidence you have at hand, they could be believable. Well, it's and just so, that idea of, like, sometimes guys will tell stories. And you go, oh, man, that you know, there was this time where a couple of guys you know, did something ridiculous. Oh, really? Who the hell would have done that? Well, I don't want to throw any under the bu- anyone under the bus, but let's just say that I... there was some stuff. And it's it just gets to that point where you, you hear something like that, and it's like, well, I don't want to throw anybody under the bus. I don't, you know, I don't want to do that. And I understand that from a certain degree, but then I also see something on Twitter, something like, you know, you know, I was just told that something, you know, well, then who, who said it, you know, name names. If you, you know, it's, they could be, you know, I heard that there was a host of another hockey podcast who, you know, did something that should not have been done. Oh, really? Who was it? Well, I don't want to throw them under the bus. Well, then it's like, well, well so then, then why the fuck did you bring it up? Well, so yeah. hold on then. Well, it's hold on. Gossip let me ask you at this. that point. Well, yes. hold on. Let me ask you this. Let me ask you this then. Ready? AJ. Whip it out. AJ, your source that told you uh, about the SJ Team Shop, what's their name? I, you know what? I would tell you, but I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you do it. But That's you, you see you the point, you see the point that I'm making? Uh, yeah, well, no, I get it. yes and no. See, my my point is, if someone gives you a piece of information, and the only reason they're giving it to you is because you're not going to name them. That's 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 totally different. That's like a journalistic thing, you know, people journalists don't name their sources. But it's that idea of like if Jeremy Roenick had gone on on Spit and Chicklets and said, "Oh, you know, I was with my wife down south with this other woman and we were hanging out having a good time and he had told that Catherine Tappan story without ever naming her and said, you know, and if those guys said Oh, who was down there with you? What, what, what was her name? Oh, just someone, you know, someone I know. Like, this, name names, coward. Or is it, know, and, look, and is his response, had, I don't want to throw anyone under the bus. If he had gone that route, though, he'd probably still have a job. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But you, yeah, but either way, you get what I'm saying. We've been on this for 10 minutes. Let's move on. I don't know. I just think it's like, it's a situation of, you know, I, I, I think that's okay. Like, I think it's okay to tell a story and not say who it involves. It all depends. Like, if you were to say, you know, like, if like if, if, he, if you were to say, oh, you know, the person involved, like, 
they don't want to be associated with it, but they don't care that the actual stories that like, I don't see, I don't think there's that big of an issue with that. I think it's a matter of like rocket said is when you, when you, when you're playing, like when you're being the puppeteer, it's like, look at what I know that you don't know. That's where yes. I sort of get into it. But if it's a matter of like, look, you know, I was told this, I'm going to report it, but the person who told me doesn't want to be attached to it. I don't see a problem with that. All right. We, we've, yeah, uh, we, you know, we went 40, uh, it's been another 40, so uh, a, word for, a word from our sponsor. Hockey fans, gear up at NHLshop.com, the largest assortment of the worst selection of fan gear anywhere. Every NHL team and seven players you've heard of, all printed on the cheapest material found in China. Shop now and get today's special offer. It's the same offer as every day and won't apply to anything you actually want. NHLshop.com, a failed fanatics experience. Warning. Colors shown are for demonstration only do not reflect the color of the actual product. Some products may not arrive as displayed or may fall apart while in transit. Team and player names are subject to the whims of our printers. You may or may not receive the item you ordered or anything that resembles the item you ordered. I'm not going to lie. That, that shade jersey me gets, gets me every time. Um, <laughs> so let's move on. Okay, I, I've, I've heard a rumor, but I don't want to throw anybody under the bus. <laughs> Too soon? <laughs> so I've heard this rumor that Seattle has a hockey team and they've actually have a name now. But I cannot confirm. Can we confirm? I guess so. You can confirm. So the Seattle, f- Seattle finally released their name in Jersey. The Seattle Kraken, here's their, their home Jersey. The thing that I just get a tickle out of is th- hockey, the, the hockey guy on youtube a lot of people know who he is he when they finally came out with this he was like yeah this is what we've all been saying it was going to be for like the last eight months like this was like no big secret blah 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 meanwhile the athletic does an article that was like how was seattle able to keep this such a secret for so long without anybody finding out either way uh so rocket your take on the name and the logo and the jersey all right. So if you don't know, Jerry Bruckhammer is a member of the ownership group of the Ooh. Seattle franchise. And if you don't know, Jerry Bruckheimer is the guy that I did. He, he produced. Yeah, he, he produced the uh, Pirates of the Caribbean movie. So uh, this is this is all his fingerprints. It's basically got the same DNA as the Mighty Ducks franchise, except the Mighty Ducks was actually a hockey movie. And it wasn't the crappiest hockey movie in the Ducks franchise. So, um, I mean, this is going to appeal to a completely different set of fans than me. And I'm not really here to shit on anyone's fun any more than necessary. So, uh, I, if people are into it, then hey, whatever. But I'm, I'm not into it at all. Because every time I see their team name, all I can see is Karen's. And that S looks like the Seagram's logo. <laughs> Yeah, Seagram's could, uh, I don't know, could have something to say. Uh, <laughs> jerk, um, I'm just wondering, <clears throat> have you ever gotten your pre-order in, or how fast are you getting one of these? Uh, I am going to get the get a jersey eventually just because I think it is well put together, but I'm not going to be one of those people who has to have it on the first day because I know I'm just going to be disappointed. So I'm just going to wait, <laughs> and I'm, I'm just going to wait until they have too many to wear they can't empty the shelves fast enough. Yeah. Um, <laughs> You're right. No, I, I, I like what rocket said about how she can only see Karen's. Uh, Thank I, you. I You're welcome. 
Yeah, well, and that's the thing. That wasn't the case until I saw your graphic. But now every time <laughs> I see Krakens, my brain immediately says Karens. But, yep. you know, I, I think like it wasn't so i mean there was a small part of me that was thinking ooh it could be this or it could be this or it should be this but i think if you didn't know it was going to be kraken you've been living under a rock no, a because if you didn't that's know it was going to be kraken you were smoking kraken <laughs> anyway uh so, <laughs> um you know i think <laughs> like it's what everybody has been talking about for the last 2 years that the team's been announced but also one of the things that uh tim lewecki said in the uh or Todd Lewicki, excuse me, said Ooh. in the the press their CEO in the press conference, um, where he announced the name was that he said the main inspiration for the name of the team was sourcing Seattle NHL fans. And as it if should most be. of them if most of them are gonna say Kraken, it makes sense to go with Kraken. Well, similar to what happened with the Sharks. Is it? Yeah, yeah. The, well, I mean the you know, a lot of people that. wanted the blades, but that not the, you know, the connotation you really want, but from what I understand, Sharks was like a heavy favorite in second, and so yeah, there you go, boom. My problem with the, uh, I don't have a problem with the name. Dig the name. It's like, it, although there have been some, you know, social justice warriors out there saying, don't call the place the crack house and don't call their fans crackheads. And what the fuck did you think was going to happen when you named the team this? I mean, seriously, like, and it said. It's not said in a derogatory way. You know, like, if there was some strange addiction to cheese in Wisconsin, do you think Green Bay would stop calling their fans cheeseheads? No. Just deal with it. My my issue with everything on this, because I like the logo, although I think it should have been upside down. I think the tail should come from the top, not from the bottom. I think that S logo looks better when it's flipped the other way, it's more striking. Um, I love the shoulder patches where it's that anchor, but the top of it is the space needle. I thought that was really well done, creative. My my only kind of complaint is why is it that the last two expansion teams have said, here's our colors, but we're going to shoehorn red in there just a little bit. Like, I don't get that. So work with me. I like this. Now, is it a bit Seattle Seahawks? Yeah. Well, guess where you play? But the, the Seattle soccer team has like the same color scheme as well. This is what I'm saying. But yeah. now maybe is this is this color scheme a little too close to the Canucks? Currently, maybe you could make that argument. So you just look at the Canucks and go, hey, go back to those shitty yellow, red, flying V jersey turtleneck things that you guys wore and then you could even take it a step further and say you know what make the numbers neon as well i don't know but i'm telling you i th like with red i think it you know it it's it's solid and there's a lot of people bitching you know the, the sharks fans that are going oh way to take the shark eye and use it in your logo come on <laughs> let it go but the only thing i have to say on that is what you just said about the shark eye thing and my official response is, wah. Yeah. Uh, but Get over it. I, I do think that the overall jersey pops more if that if the accent is a like a just puke neon green. Chartreuse. The color is chartreuse. <laughs> nice. Hey, play the sounder. Uh, I know words. I have the best words. All right. Thank you. But anyway, 
I just, I think neon green would have been better. Okay, we got a couple more for you. We're out of here. Uh, again, from our buddy Shang at SanJoseHockeyNow.com. Seattle, speaking of which, uh, the GM Ron Francis has admitted that Vegas might have spoiled the party when it comes to the strategy of demanding draft picks in exchange for selecting specific players. For example, the Penguins gave Vegas a second round pick to ensure the selection of Marc-Andre Fleury. I don't think those rules were correct. I think that was horseshit, to be honest with you. I thought it was really jacked up that you could sit there and say, okay, here's the guys that we're protecting, but we're going to make you this little deal where we give you an extra pick so you don't take this other guy that we wish we could protect, or... We're going to give you a little something to steer you towards taking this one player. I think that is completely fucked up. And I'm hoping that whatever happened with the Vegas expansion puts the kibosh on that for Seattle. And it's just, no, there's not going to be any of these backroom dealing bullshit. Here are the guys that we're protecting. Anybody else? There you go. There's your pick. We're not going to give you a, you know, a draft pick. To not take another guy, this is it. Take it or leave it. Am I wrong? Do you, I mean? Yes. Do you th- do, I mean, did Vegas poison the well a little bit? Did they play it too well? No, because Vegas didn't come up with this rule. The NHL exactly. did. No, I'm not saying they did, but I'm saying did Vegas play it so well that that it basically taught 30 other owners in the league and GMs that go, oh yeah, we're not falling for that horse shit again. Well, I, I think you're half right. I think the other I think the other thirty uh, teams don't want to, you know, get taken get taken for a ride again. But here's the thing, you know what? Uh, nobody said that those. Uh, nobody said that Minnesota or Florida or Columbus or the Islanders had to say yes. You know, Vegas didn't say give us your first or we're gonna kill you like that didn't happen you no, know what i mean like these, <laughs> no, these, no one forced march show to be given up the, the 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 panthers blue jackets islanders and wild they initiated those deals they made those deals they brought them to vegas and said this is what we think what do you think vegas and vegas is like you're gonna give us extra draft picks to take your shitty player okay, okay. like i i for one love the backdoor deals, because it's the same thing I've been saying since Vegas came to the team. And I would say it about the Seattle 32s or Vegas, or if oh, the Sharks became a team this guess. year, let or... Me let me guess. Shh, shh, shh. Hold on. Let or, me guess. You're happy that Vegas was able to take advantage and point out stupid. Well, that, I mean, I love pointing out people who are stupid, but also... <laughs> Whether it's Vegas or the Seattle 32s or if the Sharks or Columbus or Minnesota or Anaheim, Ottawa, Tampa Bay, Florida, Nashville, Atlanta, if any of those teams became a team this year, like, do you want your brand new team that spent a lot of money to be (laughs) in the league to suck? And no, Mm -hmm. you do not. That is bad business. There's a reason why Atlanta has lost two NHL teams. I know. But I still go back to that whole idea of the hey, rules you know were if you, here. You can protect this group or you can protect this group. And there you go. That's it. But you're right. That's it. Every there, let me. OK, let me let me connect this to a real life uh, situation for you. There is there is a little uh, a little piece 
uh, in the U.S. Constitution that says— Name it, there, you coward. Don't throw it under the bus. <laughs> <laughs> there are, you know, basically saying that there could be some rules or um, regulations or principles or policies that even though they're not explicitly written, they still exist. And it's the same kind of thing. Just because the league didn't say side deals are okay, they also didn't say that side deals are not okay. All right. So no, I feel you. And like like I said, I for one love the side deals because if Seattle the Seattle 32s are going to go to the Sharks and be like, all right, Chief, 2021 first, 2020 second first, and uh, we'll take that Jones guy off your hands. <laughs> I don't know. It, it wouldn't be that extreme, but you get the point that I'm making. Everybody loves a little side piece, I think is what the point was, right? And you know what? If you, like I said, Minnesota, Columbus, Florida, and the Islanders, if you're dumb enough to get, you know, absolutely rinsed, that's your problem. All right, let's wrap this up before third period starts for Vancouver, Minnesota. And Jerk, this is tailor-made for you. President of Hockey Ops and General Manager, John Chaika. Am I pronouncing that correctly? Yes, you are. Uh, informed the Coyotes on Friday that he was terminating his contract. Uh... He's no longer with the Coyotes. Assistant GM Steve Sullivan has name, been named interim GM. And coming out of the Coyotes franchise is Chaika is a liar and a quitter, a source said. Again, a source, because they didn't want to throw that person under the bus. And Journalism. Yeah. So uh, you're the, you know, the charter member, or I'm sorry, the president of the My Yotes fan club. Let her rip. The well, fuck here, is I'll going on here? I'll give you the TLDR version. So essentially, the the reason why there's such a big issue is because the ownership group, the the people that currently owns the Arizona Coyotes, they were reached out, they were um, influenced by Chica to purchase the team. Chica said, "Hey, this would be a really good business opportunity. You should buy the team." And Alex Morello Senior was like, "Yeah, okay, cool." So he buys the team thinking, yeah, you know, this guy led us on to a good business investment. We're chilling. And then John Chica leaves the way he did. I can see why the ownership group would be scorned. The word around, you know, the word around the sidewalk is that, you know, John Chica was asked by a sports organization. People believe it's the organization that runs the New Jersey Devils, the Philadelphia 76ers, and potentially the New York Mets very soon, who also owns Fanatics, by the way, not that that matters. Um, oh, God. And the ownership group said, no, like you, you, you can't interview with them. You're under contract to us. And word on the street is Chica convinced them to interview, and then he interviewed and was going to accept it, and the... The ownership group didn't want him to accept it. They said you're under contract with us. You can't you can't hold this title with another organization while your contract is going on with us and the whole thing. And you know, Chica, I imagine Chica quit because he felt like he was kind of being yanked around a little bit. And I, I like the moves he's made as a GM, but I think from Chica's perspective, it's kind of a dick move to, you know go to a prospective owner and say, hey, this is a good investment by the team. I you like me and I'm here. You should do it. And then I and then six months later you split. You know, I think it's kind of a dick move. And not for nothing, but the mysterious sports organization, which again is allegedly the New Jersey Devils, um, 
ended up not hiring Chica. Mm. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, that was the too long version. <laughs> no, dude, if you can believe it, there's a longer version. Oh, let's not. Let's not. Let's move oh, on. Oh, boy. All right. Uh, so for those of you new to the program, blah, 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 blah. Uh, we did recent <laughs> talks, <laughs> recent talks with uh, former shark and former shark coach Rob Zettler. Again, recently spoke with NHL MVP and All Star, or I'm sorry, NHL All Star MVP Sharks legend John Scott. Uh, so that's there on the website for you to be you you be to be. Uh, but remember, follow us on all our social media. It's it's there. We we got you. YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, all the, you know them all. You're on all of them. But I will tell you the one thing that we're not on: Snapchat because because fuck that guy, right? So YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, get us on Reddit. We're all there. If you ever miss anything, you can find it on your favorite podcatcher, on YouTube and at tealtownusa.com. So with that, I think it's time to finally like close the door on this episode. Oh my lord, we've got such a long week to go I mean the, it's literally going what 9 a.m. every starting at 9 a.m. like every day this week. If you like hockey, I hope you took PTO this week because there's a ton of it for you to t- take in. Uh, but based on that, chances are we're going to be here for you next Sunday to talk about the week that was and all the qualifying rounds. Somehow we're going to be able to explain to you how Edmonton was able to lose three straight games in their own city. Uh, we're going to be able to explain to you how Arizona was able to win three straight playoff games, which they've never done in the history of their franchise. It's, it's, it could be very interesting. Am I right? So find everything on tealtownusa.com. Rocket backhander, your last words, (laughs) if you will, and where people can find you on social media. Well, good morning, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Rocket Backhander, and since I am over in New Jersey, it is now 12.40 a.m., and i got to get up in like five hours to go to work. So if you want to find me, you're going to have to look real hard on the Internet and check out my Twitter at rbackhander76. That's capital R, capital B, little backhander76, talking about hockey, makeup, all sorts of drama and shit. Or you can check out my photographs over on Instagram, Rocket Backhander, one word. AJ? Jerk man. Uh, hockey is back, which means the amount I'm tweeting per day is now back to normal levels if you don't like it. Well, there are 1,277 people who do like it, so get over we it. We um, <laughs> If you want to be part of that crew, the, uh, the, the jerk squad, the jerk crew, the jerk clan, uh, the jerks, um, <laughs> you should follow me on Twitter, at hockey underscore jerk. Um, and it's, these are confusing times. I mean, hockey in August. Who knew? Um, who knew? Who? Things to say. Go Yotes. Uh, back to you. <laughs> all right. AJ underscore strong on all the social media. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, again, thanks for watching. We've been away for a couple weeks, so this has been fun. Uh, it's fun to have hockey back. Um, and so with that, uh, I guess uh, we, we give the final word to our brand new sponsor. Hockey fans, gear up at NHLshop.com. The largest assortment of the worst selection of fan gear anywhere. Every NHL team and seven players you've heard of 
all printed on the cheapest material found in China. Shop now and get today's special offer. It's the same offer as every day and won't apply to anything you actually want. NHLshop.com, a failed fanatics experience. Warning, colors shown are for demonstration only do not reflect the color of the actual product. Some products may not arrive as displayed or may fall apart while in transit. Team and player names are subject to the whims of our printers. You may or may not receive the item you ordered or anything that resembles the item you ordered. Oh, we love them. Thank you for your sponsorship. That's fantastic. Anyway, uh, be safe, be healthy, wash your damn hands, wear a fucking mask, help everybody out. Let's get to the same off-ramp in life, which is the safe one that takes us where we want to go, which means watching live sports in person again. And I don't know, hugging people and <laughs> talking to people and all of those things I mean, with consent, of course, but I'm just saying. Anyway, thanks for showing up for episode 105 of the Pucknologist. We'll see you when we see you. Thank God. Hockey is finally back. Bye. <laughs>